This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. The Specialty Produce app is an educational, expository, live encyclopedia of fresh foods that you can hold in the palm of your hand. With over 20 years of research and counting, we are ever striving to bring the freshest and fullest information to the table. Our comprehensive articles cover history, culture, flavor profile, culinary application, and more. While our in-app gallery of magazine-worthy food photos brings the items to life, making you wish you could take a bite. Branch out beyond bleak produce inventories and support local farmers who are growing something different by exploring our global in-app share market, where you can discover unique items or specialty marketplaces near you. Stay hungry, friends. Download today on Apple or Android and start exploring. Hi there, and welcome to the Living Local with Edible San Diego podcast. My name is Katie Stokes, and as publisher of Edible San Diego, I wanted to welcome you to a new and important conversation. San Diego County really is a global crossroads, and when you think about it, it's true all the way down to even our very own bodies. In this podcast, we're going to take this concept of we are what we eat, and we're going to unpack it together. We're going to look at what local is how it works, why it matters. My goal is to create a conversation which is inclusive, dynamic, and one that enriches our everyday life. So I wanted to welcome you to this new conversation, Living Local with Edible San Diego, and to thank Specialty Produce for producing this podcast. This is Katie Stokes, publisher of Edible San Diego, and I'm here with a good friend of mine, Deborah Rosen, CEO of the North San Diego Business Chamber. Deborah, thank you for coming in and talking with us today. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a real pleasure, and I'm excited to talk about the things that we share in terms of interest because there's there's a lot there. Um, you know, Deborah and I, we go way back to when we both worked in Escondido a good number of years ago, focusing on local businesses and arts organizations in a way that was really authentic and creative in um, the in the north section of San Diego County. And if we fast forward to today. Deborah leads this hopping organization. The, the North San Diego Business Chamber is just kind of on fire. There's so many different programs that you guys are carrying out, more than we even have time to talk about today. But um, we'll definitely hit three of the main highlights, um, the priority highlights when we're thinking about um, local business in San Diego County and, and just encourage people to connect with you later in other ways if they want to learn more about what you're doing. But um, I wanted to start, Deborah, first with just asking you to share with me and our listeners about um, any favorite childhood memory about food or gardening? And we'll just kick it off there. Sure. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say they're favorite memories. We grew up very, very poor. Mm-hmm. My family didn't have any money. And so they would oftentimes go down to Mexico and get their meat down oh. there, dumped wow. it to Tijuana, and their, their milk. We'd drink powdered milk. Wow. But the one thing I do remember clearly is we would always have fresh vegetables. Wow. And it was something my parents would grow. Oh. In the backyard. Okay. They didn't have a, I mean, they had a little backyard, but they were still able to grow it. And we were part of that. 
but we didn't really have yeah. a lot of money. And yeah. um, so we did the best that we could, and yeah. we found that growing our own vegetables, we didn't have fruit, um, was really good. And we'd go out. I remember going out in the garden and just eating them right from the ground. Right. Aren't they good? They taste yep. so good that way and, and just fresh from the ground. And do you remember, like, some of the things you guys grew? Was it zucchinis, tomatoes? No, actually it was a lot of carrots, um, beets, and um, – Carrots and beets. Oh, and corn. I know we we did corn. We didn't get much corn, mm-hmm. but um, we corn got is bit. tricky. It is tricky. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of carrots and beets. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. That's oh, and great. a water. I do remember watermelon one time in the summer. Mm-hmm. That's that's really neat. Well, a lot of us have those kinds of memories. You know, growing things when we were little, and you know, I think most families, when you go back a few generations, our families lived on the land. You know, whether it was in. In Europe or Asia or, or anywhere, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a tradition that's actually pretty close for most of us. I, well, my family's from Sicily, so um, yeah. I'm second generation. Wow. And um, it, on my mother's side, they're from Germany. And again, they were everybody was very poor, and they mm-hmm. grew everything. They lived off the land. That's how it used to be, though, for everyone, right? Yeah. And you go back and look at pictures of them in the black and whites. Their skin was gorgeous. Wow. Their skin was beautiful. It's because they weren't putting all the different chemicals and all the, the foods we have today into their system. Right. They were beautiful and they were very, very thin. Wow. Wow. So Sicily and Germany. That's mm-hmm. really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of, of good food traditions coming from those cultures. Um, and so I know you're, you've been in San Diego for a long time. Were you were actually born in San Diego County? No, I wasn't. I was born in New York, but okay. I've been here since I was three months old. Oh, so gosh. I'm well. a native. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. Huh? Yes. Yes. That's great. So. And so, um, you know, share with us, you know, how, how has San Diego changed in the, the, the time since you've grown up and and, and what's the feeling you kind of get about San Diego County? Oh, gosh. Um, I remember growing up, a lot of people were very poor, and mm-hmm. it was very – it wasn't so materialistic. Everything yeah. was more about family mm-hmm. and more about um, the wholeness and richness of relationships and right. and block parties. And you'd go out and you play kick the can, and, wow. and curfew was when the street lights went on. And right. today, it's not like that at all. It's yeah. all about keeping up with the Joneses and who's got the most money and who, you know, can dine at the finest restaurants. And it's just a totally different feel. And and we wonder why some of our children are the way they are today. Yeah. And even some of us as adults, you know, it's a fast pace, even even here in San Diego, where I grew up in LA, a similar thing. It was very rural when Mm -hmm. I was little. And literally, as I was growing up, the area where we lived suburbanized and and you know it's a it's a really great place to live it's just that when i was little i remember that freedom of being able to run around the neighborhood barefoot all summer long and people had dogs and horses and it was just really kind of free you know well i lived i moved up to poway 30 years ago Mm -hmm. to raise my family up there and i look at poway 30 years ago i look at it today and it's just the same thing. It was very rural, right. great schools. We all had a lot of land. There were no homes behind us. And a lot of people grew their fruits and vegetables. And, and again, the relation, the, the pace was much slower. You right. look at it today, and it's, I got to get my kids to soccer, baseball, basketball, football. I got to get them to choir. I've got to do this. It, it's 
absolutely crazy. It's almost like a Ferris wheel that's going faster and faster and you can't get off of it. It feels like that sometimes. You know, I, I know for me, uh, 2020 started at, a, at just a gallop. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I keep saying to people, let's just all agree to slow down a little bit <laughs> you know, yeah. if we can. That's part of what we try and do with Edible. But, oh, my gosh, it's great to hear those stories. And um, so I'm getting a feel, but, you know, tell us what, what are some of your favorite things about living in San Diego County now? Well, I am now an empty nester. Mm-hmm. I sold my big house in Poway two years ago. I in, I have downsized, and I have to tell you, there's something liberating about it. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like I've gone back to the way things were 20, 30 years ago. Life is slower. Mm-hmm. We work more, but life is slower, and we really um, have more time for our family and our friends. And it isn't so much about what we have, but what we have to share. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I like being, um, an empty, I love my kids. Don't get me wrong, but I love being an empty nester and going back <laughs> to a simple way of life. Right. Right. It's kind of cyclical the way mm-hmm. you're describing that. That's wonderful. Well, and I know how involved you are, you know, with all of the, the business, you know, activities and of course through the chamber. So we'll, we'll talk about that, but, um, that's really that's really neat to hear. It, it, you know, life is is always changing and evolving. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I want to touch on this real quick. So we bought a home um, thirty five years ago in San Diego, and it was our very first home. And my husband said, "Well, we're not going to sell this. We're going to rent it, and we're going to retire here someday." I'm thinking, "Nah, there's no way we're ever going to retire here. I am not coming back to this house." And then we moved to Poway, okay. and we raised our family there in a big home. We had everything we could want. Well, then we became empty nesters, and we're thinking back, wow, we don't want this, all of this. So we did move back to that you home. Did. <laughs> so we tore it down, rebuilt it, and it and interesting enough, it's in a small cul-de-sac, and it's all the same neighbors there that were there the day we left. No one has left, and only one home has sold on that street in 19 years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So you talk about cyclical. I started my life there. And we are going to be retiring there. That is amazing. You know, that's actually very unusual in today's world. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have your your neighbors and, and your home yep. base there. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. How fun. Gosh. Well, so let's switch gears here and um, share with, with our listeners about your work with the Business Chamber. Because I know I've been involved off and on for a long time. And as I say, there's more to share about the Chamber than what we can possibly fit in today. But what are some highlights that you'd like people to know about about your organization if maybe it's new to them? So people say, what is a Chamber of Commerce? Mm-hmm. And what we are is we're a resource for business and a resource for community. And when I say we're a resource for business, there's a lot of businesses that are so focused on their business, especially small business, that they need additional resources to help them grow, thrive, possibly relocate. And we're there for them. We're also there for mid and large businesses in that they might be applying for grants and they need our support. They might need us to lobby for some legislation that's going to hurt business or help business. For example, this new AB5, the independent contractor law, um, we've been fighting a tough fight. And, and it's, it's really about jobs. And I feel like the freedom is being taken away from these people that want to work and create their own life yes. and, and can't. Um, so we're a resource. Um, mm-hmm. We host a lot of networking events so people can build their circle of influence 
people do not sell at these. They do not just po- hand out cards and say, call me for my services. It's really about making a connection, building a relationship, and then the business is done down the line. And then also we're a resource for community. So when people want to move from one community to another, they'll call us and they'll say, hey, can you make recommendations for areas to live, okay. um, places to do business, um, where are some of the economic zones? It's pretty cool. Um and it's all, Katie, it's really all about connections. Mm-hmm. And and once you make a connection, it's you just can't put an emphasis on where that connection can take you. Right. It's like the neighbors that you talked about. I mean, that's a yeah. profound, uh, important, rare thing in life to have that kind of connection with people. Oh, yeah. So <clears throat> building those kinds of relationships in business is the way to, to grow and thrive. I, I love that. So the idea of, of connections, and actually in our own way with Edible San Diego, we're talking about connections all the time, you know, relationships between different kinds of businesses, relationships between those of us uh, who eat, which is, you know, all of us and, and where our food comes from and things like that. So it's a, it's yeah. a theme that is uh, universal. I think it's getting stronger, too. Um, yeah. I think it, it, so many people are leaving California because they can't afford to live here. They can't afford to do business here. And those that are staying are looking for ways to make it work. Mm-hmm. But but a big part of that way is by connecting with people and right. supporting one another. It's so true because we yeah. can't we can't do it alone. Right. We're, we're no one's an island. I you know, I find that is true with my business and and that's that's a really important point to think in that the, an organization like the chamber can offer people opportunities to connect in ways that Maybe in their own day to day, they wouldn't just wouldn't be able to. Right. You know, I love that. I've seen a lot of our small businesses grow because of connections they made with the chamber, and that's what it's about. It's about growth. I love that. And um, explain to you a little bit more because um, chambers differ in terms of the um, the regions that they serve and the way that your organization defines its region is really unique and it's kind of exciting. So tell us about that. Yeah, Katie. There's. There's two types of chambers. There's a local chamber, which is very, very important to small business because Mm -hmm. they're there to support their small business with their city council in their local area. And then there's regional chambers, and we are a regional chamber. So what we do is we focus on the big picture. So we might deal with corporations that might need lobbying up in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. We work with businesses that might need support within their city. However, I want to share a quick story with you. I had a business say to me, gosh, you know, we're putting our sign up on this new billboard. And city council's telling us we have to take it down because there's text in it. Could you go before city council and and ask them to reverse this? And I said, well, we don't really work on behalf of one business in particular. Mm -hmm. We work as a community or as an industry. So what we did do is we went and looked at the um, sign ordinance. Mm -hmm. And we just looked at who was in compliance and who wasn't. And clearly... Not everybody was in compliance. Oh. The, the the ordinance wasn't equitable to everybody. So once we realized that, we could go to the city and say, look, this is a huge business. They generate millions in sales tax revenue. Gosh. But yet you're telling them they can't put their sign up, that people can see where they're at. But yet you have these other businesses where it's okay. So we're asking you to look at the whole ordinance and make a change that's equitable for everybody. I see. They did. The ordinance was changed, and they were able to put their sign up. So those are some of the types of things that we do. I love that. You know, for that for that broad um, 
that broad group of businesses that that are affected by things like yes. this. Wow, that's a great story. Well, and you know, speaking of community, I, I want to devote a good chunk of time in our conversation today about a program of yours that's near and dear to my heart. It's your Think Local First program, and we've worked together on that in different ways over the years. But please tell our listeners about your chamber's Think Local First program. I'd love to. Thank you, Kitty. Our Think Local First program is really designed to support the businesses that support local. So what happens is we, everybody, well, I, okay, I'm going to say that most people have gone online and made purchases. It's it's simple to go online and purchase and have it delivered to your home. Right. We all do that. We all do that. But it isn't those companies that support the local sports teams and the charities and the schools and the right. nonprofits in our community. So what Think Local First does is it asks the community to take a look at what you're purchasing and see if you can't support a local business with that purchase. Right. And if you see it online and it's less, at least give them an opportunity to match it. Right. So there are so many companies out there that support our kids. If it weren't for these companies' support, you wouldn't have the Little League teams, Mm -hmm. the Pop Warner teams, the soccer teams, the softball teams. You wouldn't have the school plays and the extracurriculars. It's those businesses that support. So we really all need to step back and take a little bit of time to figure out how we can support our local businesses. And also, they employ our kids. Right. And the kids are in high school or they're just getting out of high school. They employ our our children so that they have a job. Plus, those local business owners live in the community, and the money they make, they reinvest back in their community. Right. So it's not something everybody's going to do, and we're not going to ask everybody to to change their way of, of, of spending, but just take and think about how you might support your local business to some degree. Right, right. I, I've, I've so wanted you to come onto this podcast and, and so we can share this information with, with uh, the, the broader community here in San Diego because this is one of the central parts of the, of the Edible San Diego brand. And in fact, the Edible brands all across North America, they're all about celebrating the local food system, the local businesses and communities that, that are connected in this geographic way, like yeah. what we've been talking about. So it's, this topic is so near and dear to my heart. And you're absolutely right that it's, it's a fact that most of us as consumers are going to be making different kinds of purchases uh, in a given day or week or year. That's yeah. a reality. And, and the global economy and all of the conveniences of the Internet are part of our lives now uh, in most cases. And um, there are certain efficiencies there and opportunities and, for example, wonderful ingredients that maybe don't grow locally or aren't in yeah. season but we can enjoy them or some kind of – product or service even. So, you know, I always think about how all, all of us at this moment are global citizens, but at the same time, we're living, breathing people with our feet on the ground and we live in a certain place. So I share uh, the, you know, the the kind of the principles behind your program and we really really work hard to tell the stories that hopefully provide people with some inspiration and some kind of how-to information in our stories. Yeah. And you know, Katie, I want to talk about something else. I think people want to support. I know. I don't think. I know people want to support local. And I'll tell you why. Poway's water, the city of Poway had their water off for a week. Yes. And we asked all of our members 
to rally behind the Poway restaurants and go out and support them. They lost a lot of money that week. The employees lost a lot of um, paychecks that week. So it was really interesting to see how many people rallied behind these restaurants because they know the importance of it. Yeah. So we the ripple effects. It, 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 yeah. A lot of ripple effects. And and just to see that people get excited to get behind these businesses, we need to do that for all business. That's wonderful. That's such a good feeling, you know, people coming together around what was a a crisis, you know, it was a negative mm-hmm. thing, but it, it, it can be something positive if you start to feel connected in a new way with that business owner. And, and then you yep. develop a relationship and positive things result from that. Yeah. That's a right. great story. I really, I really love that. So um, uh, going forward, are there any um, projects or, or initiatives with a Think Local First program that we ought to know about? Or what can our listeners do to to get involved? Well, um, there's no one initiative or project. Um, It's an ongoing effort. We continuously have our members support it, and our members have a sign in their window that says, I'm a supporter of Think Local First. And if you do go in and shop at a local business, let them know if you live in their community. Let them know that you're supporting them. Thank them for supporting your kids' Um, sports teams, or thank them for supporting the nonprofits. Um, I think we just have to keep that in the front of our mind. We can't forget about that. It's so I think true. We take it for granted. Yes. Well, I, I really have wanted people to know about this program, and the the website um, has a great section on Think Local First. There's a lot of resources in there, yeah. um, ways for people to get involved. So that's really that's really great. And uh, also speaking of of supporting businesses, you all have a conference coming up. Um, a kind of a professional development conference for local businesses. We do. It's called San Diego Business Summit. It's our first one. And um, we're really excited. There's four large keynotes. And we have 15 breakout sessions. And the breakout sessions are based around marketing, branding, social media, um, human resources, hiring, firing, everything in between, technology, cybersecurity. Wow. Um, There's so many different topics. And a lot, and it's resources for small business, um, uh, alternatives to funding. Uh, there's so many different topics, and this is our first one. We're going to do it every single year, and it's been quite an undertaking. But I have to tell you, there's a lot of excitement. We're actually almost sold out, which is wow. a week early. Incredible! So, That's wonderful. Yeah. And of course, by the time we're going to be able to post this podcast, the conference will have occurred. But by then, there will be information about how it went, and people can start to look for it next year. Yes. It, do you think it'll be at about this time? So in yes. January, it'll in be 2021? January. Yep. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, well, we'll be in touch about that and promote promote okay. that when it comes around next time. Um, and then similarly, um, one of my favorite things that, that your chamber does is host this annual event called Women's Week. Yep. Tell us about that. So San Diego Women's Week um, is a really neat week of events, empowerment, leadership conference. And Katie, you know, it's interesting. It started out San Diego's Women's Week. It still is. Mm-hmm. It was primarily women that would attend. But you'll find 10 to 15 percent of our audience and attendees each year have been men. That's great. And it continues to grow every year. And last year was our 10th year. And the most fascinating thing we found is that a lot of male execs came and brought their executive leadership team that consisted of both men and women. And when we asked and we said, wow, this is pretty cool. Why did you do this? Well, because we can learn so much about leadership from the women 
but on the same hand, they can learn from us too. And they wanted to showcase that their companies supported women in leadership. And I wow. thought that was pretty neat. We've come a long way. Yes. Yeah, so this is the one coming up um, this spring is going to be your 11th. 11th one. Time well, flies. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I remember know. when the first one was just developing. I know. So I want to make sure that our listeners can find out more about the Women's Week Conference. So how can they? What is it a website of its own where they can it go? Is. Um, so it's March 16th through the 20th. Okay. It's sdwomensweek.com. And we're really excited this year. We have Katherine Schwarzenegger Pratt coming to talk wow. about the gift of forgiveness. We have an amazing lineup this year. Just amazing. I, it's a wonderful event. I've gone I've gone several times and it's, you just end up feeling so inspired. Yes. Where is it going to be held this time? Um, Monday we'll be at the Petco headquarters up in Rancho Bernardo, Petco Animal Supply headquarters in Rancho Bernardo. Okay. Wednesday the Women in Wine will be at the Bernardo Winery and the Friday Leadership Conference will be at the Town and Country Okay. At convention center and resort. So at different venues, that's yeah. that's oh, kind yes. of neat. So people who you know, do some people go to some of the the days and not others? They do. Um, so Monday is going to be opening night. It used to be a luncheon. We changed it tonight so more people could attend. Ah. So opening night will be in the evening. Uh, the women and wines in the evening, and the leadership conferences all day. I see. Okay, great, very good. Well, there's there's so much here, Deborah, that is just about celebrating and supporting local businesses. I'm so appreciative that you could come in today and talk with us about that. And um, say again that the website for the, the the North San Diego Business Chamber, so folks can look you up. SD Business Chamber. Dot com. Perfect. Okay. I know I'm on there frequently, and I, I hope all of the listeners will check it out as well, because there are a lot of resources there for them. So thank you very much for joining us today, Deborah. Thank you for having me, Katie. It's a pleasure. And I'd like to close out today's podcast with my little gardening or cooking tip, which I like to do each time. And because it's winter, I, I wanted to share with everybody that there's an unexpected friend in your garden that you thought was a weed. <laughs> I think most of us have seen a plant called nasturtium out and about. It's a kind of a round leaf. It almost looks like a lily pad. And um, they, they grow like a vine. And the flowers run from yellow to orange to red. And some in some places, they just cover a whole hillside. Um, but anyway, I wanted to, to let you know that um, the leaves and the flowers are edible. It's really, it's really fantastic. Um, you can use the, the, the big, beautiful leaves of the nasturtium as a, um, a low-carb taco shell. In other words, instead of a tortilla, you can you pick the nasturtium leaf, you wash it off, you make sure it's coming from a place where it was not sprayed, so it's better like if it comes from your yard or the, or the yard of someone who you know. But you wash it off, you pat it dry, and then you lay it out on a plate, and you can fill it with, uh, with anything you like to have in a taco, you know, meat beans, vegetables, um, kind of like a spring roll too. And they look absolutely gorgeous. Um, Secondly, as I mentioned, the flowers are edible. Um, You can uh, put them on a salad. You can garnish a soup with them. It's just amazing. And the flowers of the nasturtium are um, rather peppery. So you might want to, you know, taste it to make sure you like it before you use it. But they just make a, a beautiful decorative touch on your, um, on your uh, lunch or dinner. And, um, it's just a really fun way to use a, a, a plant that literally can be growing outside your back door or in your backyard. It's free and um, it's nutritious and it's just a, a kind of a fun and unexpected uh, addition to to the way that we, we prepare our food. 
Um, last day, I wanted to mention um, the seeds. So they're not edible. Um, don't eat them. <laughs> they look like little garbanzo beans, but once again, do not eat them. But if you don't mind a vine that that spreads around in your yard, you know you can um, wait until the flowers mature, and then you'll see the little seed pods there. Um, you can collect them and then spread them out in the area where you want the vine to grow in the future. And I always look for. The, when, when they're blooming, I always look for the ones that are the red ones, which are the ones that I like best, but the yellow ones are pretty too. And if you collect those seeds, then you can kind of encourage that that kind of nasturtium to grow in your yard or in a, in a pot on your back patio. So it's just a little unexpected friend in the garden that I wanted to share with you, and uh, they're called nasturtiums. And yeah, that's my gardening tip for for this episode. So Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to Specialty Produce for producing this podcast. It's such a privilege to work with Specialty Produce. And lastly, I wanted to encourage everybody to check out EdibleSanDiego.com. We have a lot of resources and stories, menus, recipes on our website every day. Um, We're on all the social media platforms. We have a monthly newsletter. Our magazine comes out four times a year, and we're offering a series of events in 2020. So we look forward to connecting with you in one or many of those ways. So once again, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time.